In a culture of people focused on self-glorification, personal gain, and Instagram over experiences, to truly serve God, love people, and tell your own story, well that, that is living boldly. Over these next few minutes, we want to explore what living for God in this crazy culture looks like and how we can daily make that choice to live bold. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. Alright, welcome to another episode of the Live Bold Podcast, everybody. I hope you're having a great morning, evening, noon, whenever you're listening. I'm not sure. But welcome. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. It is your host, Harold, and sitting across the mic from me is Christian. How are you doing today, brother? That's right. I'm doing well. Doing well. Good. I'm glad to hear. Um, Again, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's tuning on in. This is episode three for us. And we've been putting them out quite frequently, um, a little more frequently yeah. than we even planned. So that's been really, really awesome. And I, I just want to say thank you guys as the listeners on your side of the screen for uh, being there and for listening to that stuff. So hopefully you're enjoying it. Hopefully you're not tired of us. And <clears throat> thank you for coming along for a ride for another episode of the Live Bold podcast. If you're listening, I just want to throw this warning out there. If you've read the title and you haven't already realized, I say I think this episode is going to be kind of PG-13 rated. So if you got small children <laughs> in the vehicle with you or whatever, just letting you know, it's not a big deal. We're still preachers who are on a podcast talking about <clears> Jesus. <throat> but I'm just saying <laughs> this episode might just be a little bit PG-13 rated, and that's because the title of today's episode is Going Through Hell Brought Me Closer to God. Mm. So I hope I didn't scare you away with that title, Christian. Oh, no, I'm still here. We're all good. Okay. So I kind of chose this topic because I think, honestly, I think at least the first half of it is relatable to most people, whether or not you are a follower of Christ or not. When you really sit down and think about it, <laughs> I think there's been been times in everyone's life when it feels like they're going through hell. Yeah. And so on, on that side of things, I think, man, this is relatable to everyone. And really, the outcome is what is important. And so kind of just like we've talked about in a few other episodes, we want to look at life differently. And... Part of life is going through hell. And how as Christians can we look at that differently? So that's kind of what I want to talk about today, Christian. I want to open the mic Mm -hmm. up to you as well, but that's kind of where we're headed. (laughs) All right. So uh, I guess the first, I mean, I don't know where you, what, if you have anything to say, but the first thing I want to say is when we talk about this, when we, when we use the terminology, we go through hell. I think that's not necessarily something that we should be scared of using because as as Christians, we believe that, that hell is a real place and that would be a yeah. very good description for this earth sometimes. And so I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't like use it in, on a regular basis, obviously, but have you ever thought about that a little bit? Yeah, I have a little bit. I think, uh, 
I think we have misused uh, that word a lot, um, and it's given it a bad a bad meaning. And obviously, it has a bad meaning, um, and that's the point of it. Yeah. But like, I think when we're, <laughs> I think when we're talking about uh, going through hell, um, we're talking about going through situations in our life, things that we perceive that are exactly like what we would expect hell to be, mm-hmm. or would expect this place to be. Um, and I think sometimes, uh, we like to sugarcoat Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I have noticed a lot with a lot of different, uh, televangelists and a lot of the modern Christian movement is about prosperity gospel is about, you know, um, mm-hmm. that we're never going to face, you're never going to face any problems because you're a Christian Which and that's true. <laughs> it's not true. And, and I think it's really dangerous and I, and I really think that those people should sit back and really look at the message that they're sharing with people. Are they preaching what the scripture says or are they preaching what people want to hear? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, I don't know if that's a modern trap we've fallen into or Mm -hmm. if it's just like obviously here and and we're looking at it from our perspective right now, but yeah, there's a lot of people and I think this is not just preachers or people with presence, but like just people you know that are Christians that really kind of promote the idea of um, your life is perfect when you accept Christ. And in on one hand, that is true, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, you can't say it like that because your life's not perfect. You know, you still have problems, you still right. have trip-ups, you still have disasters. But what makes it perfect is no matter what, Christ will pull you through that. You know, that's right. And, and so I think that's a modern trap, but it's, it's been there for a very long time. Definitely. It definitely has. Yeah. Something interesting. I don't think it was on the podcast, so I'm going to say it now. I hope I'm not repeating myself, but something interesting that I learned, uh, just over, I think it was this past week or two weeks ago that I just hadn't thought about before is the fact that God never intended for humans to be in hell when he, when he mm-hmm. created hell, um, the, the physical, I'm talking about the spiritual place, the afterlife, um, the bad part of Hades, <laughs> hell, he, he didn't create it. He created it for, uh, Satan and his angels and, and Satan's angels. Right. So we'd call those yeah. demons and, and uh, things of the sort, but the only, when humans ended up going there was, you know, after the fall of man and the garden of Eden, when, when sin entered the earth and the human is now when we are faced with hell. And so it's interesting because I had never thought about that, but the fact that God firstly intended for all of his human creations to be with him in heaven. And it's only like the fall and the mess up and the sin that brings us to, to hell puts that in perspective. And the reason I, I say that is because when we say the term, you know, hell on earth or the hell I'm going through, or we're working through that right now, we do mean on this earth, but we're equating yeah. it to, to that afterlife part. And, right. and the, and you know, if you share perspective or not, you know, I'm not advocating you say that, but it's interesting because God never intended for humans to ever have to actually deal with that. It was at the fall when all of the hell entered, the afterlife and all of the earthly stuff. (laughs) And so it's just interesting. I never really, really thought about that until this past week or two weeks ago. Um, So I hope I didn't share that last week on this episode. 
podcast. I don't think you did. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember, to be honest. I'm like, <laughs> which one of the five things did I do that on? <laughs> but anyway, so Christian, I didn't tell you how vulnerable we were going to get on this episode. That's okay. That's all right. I'm prepared. <laughs> okay. But what I wanted to do is I wanted each of us to share one or maybe more experiences that we could classify or we, or we would classify in our hearts as going through hell and how God used them. If we can look back on them, um, because I tell you what, you said it on the first episode, uh, we're related. We know each other's kind of spirit and how we are emotional people. And I can tell you that I already know that you and I already know that I have some very deep emotional times when it felt like we were going through hell. (laughs) So I'll let you share if you're comfortable with doing some of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me, um, and it's kind of interesting because I had went through probably, you know, I've had three different girlfriends in my life. I'm going to go that direction. So prepare yourself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, I'm not going to name any names, um, but um, the first one that I went through, the first breakup, it's kind of interesting because um, I had, I had went through, a, um, I had a similar experience, or you had a similar experience as well uh, with this, and um, and it was kind of interesting the timing of it all. But anyway, I'm going to get into it here. But the first girl I ever dated would always say um, things to me, and what freshman Bible major doesn't want to hear. I could see myself being a preacher's wife. Oh, yeah. Right? That's the uh, um, five words. I think that's five words that every, basically every Bible major wants to hear, right? Sure. And so I got super excited and got totally invested. And if you know anything about my personal, um, how my attitude on life is and how my um, emotions work, I am a very emotionally driven guy. Yeah. Um, most of my family is. <laughs> I get that from my father. Uh, me and my dad were people who would cry at Hallmark movies and my mom and my sister wouldn't. So <laughs> um, I I get very emotional about things. And I think, honestly, um, the biggest thing about uh, just going through, um, and I'm going to wrap up all the breakups into one, but going through those breakups really brought me closer to God than I ever thought I would. And here's why. Okay. With every breakup, I learned what I want in someone Okay. Um, in, in a significant other, uh, what, what I want in a girl, what I want, um, first of all, I want them to love God more than me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and second of all, I want to be able to make sure that I'm not just jumping into anything. And in college, it's super easy to just jump into relationships. It's easier to get hurt in college with relationships. I feel like, um, and in your early twenties, <laughs> because you're, you're seeing all your friends, uh, get married around you. Like for mm-hmm. me, for example, I look around, I see all my friends getting married, having kids, you know, doing all this stuff. And yeah, it it bugs me a little bit. But um, anyway, to wrap up what I'm saying here, I guess, is is like through all those breakups that I went through, the one thing that kept coming up is that you don't need someone um, to be happy, right? Yeah. Um, You don't need someone. And I'm not saying that I don't ever want that because that's definitely not the case, right? You know, I... There's, I'm too much of a romantic to not want that, I guess. Um, but I learned from myself and especially this past summer, um, not this, not this recent summer, but the summer before, before. yeah, 
I had went through another breakup um, and, you know, third time's a charm. Guess not. No, it's joking. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> I went through this third breakup. But I remember specifically, you know, going back to school my senior year and thinking, hey, I have time now. Like, look, I got time mm-hmm. to explore myself, look at what I need to do to improve my walk. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that might seem like a little bit of a, uh, a downgrade for some people, you know, they, they have probably went through worse, um, worse hells than I have. Um, but to, so to, to wrap it up, the point of it being is that by going through that hardship of mm-hmm. losing people that I thought I loved, I gained a bigger perspective on the one person that is always going to love me. who's yeah. never going to leave me. And who's never going to fail me. And that's Jesus. And I guess it, I guess it was a good thing. You know, all these things were good things in disguise because it helped me focus on what I needed to do. It honestly mm. helped me become centered and I'm at a peace right now. Um, you know, I, it's like before it's all I ever thought about growing up through high school, um, seeing all my friends get um, married and then move away and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm so focused and so centered and, and I, and I attribute it to that and going through all that pain that I went through. And it wasn't easy. They weren't, yeah. <laughs> they weren't your typical run-of-the-mill cliche breakups. They were, they were hard breakups because in my mind, with every person I dated, I thought this is it. And that's how I approached dating. Yeah. I approached dating as this person is the person I want to spend my life with. And yeah. that makes it harder because that's, you know. <laughs> well, that, that makes it... Uh, but, that makes it the most beautiful and purposeful thing you can do with your life. And it also makes it extremely terrible, extremely hard. And I don't, I want to explain this for people, but it's sometimes it's like either, it seems like sometimes you either get it or you don't. Um, And so I, it's not that I don't want to waste my breath trying to explain this for some people, but I, I just really think some people will always see, uh, relationships and dating is just whatever <laughs> until it actually, you know, until you're married and then you're married. Right. But I know like for, a means to an end. <laughs> yeah. Like you and I for sure kind of share this again in our, in our spirit in our hearts um, of who we are is it's purposeful. It's, it's when we, right. when we're dating, it's, it's purposeful and it is to get ready for marriage with that person. Not just, you know, get ready to see if I like, you know, these features or this attitude or what. It's like, no, no, right. I'm working yeah. on it with you and we're going to do it. We're going to get there and we're going to be married. But not yeah. everybody has that perspective. And so just clarifying yeah. and, and expounding on that a little bit. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, and, so yeah. J- just I'm just <laughs> trying to recap what you said here. Um, so basically just looking at those relationships in college and um I mean, being, being heartbroken by them was the, was the hell factor, right? Yes. Yes. But the God factor coming out of it was really just spiritual formation for yourself in the fact that you, you got to spend more time with God. You also got to kind of, you kind of went away and, and said, you know, I, I do get to see what I want a mate and what I don't right. want in a mate now. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, yeah. A hundred percent. And I know that part of it's a little hard because like we're all human and we put on some, some good face masks. 
um, <laughs> to kind of no pun intended, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, to kind of share with the world to begin with. So it's it's not perfect. It's it's not foolproof, even though you've learned some things. No, but, it's not, and I th- I think that's the point of it. Yeah. You know, I think I think God set it up that way in order for us to, you know, make that commitment. That's a one time, one lifetime commitment, and that's another thing that people, you know, don't really view it as, and 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 that makes it tough. Um, but like you said, you know, I I was able to grow, and you know, I I saw that I was closer to God through all those things than mm-hmm. I've been in a while. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree, and you probably know where I'm already going with this. So, yeah, probably. sorry <laughs> if you're listening. It's we're not. This is not an episode about heartbreak, but no, it's not. I think, I think our culture, I, I think our culture downplays heartbreak, and I want to go ahead and say yeah. no. If if you're going through heartbreak, um, that is that can be one of the greatest hells for a person. I cannot imagine as as a young man, as a married man, okay, that's my perspective right now. I cannot imagine those people who have a spouse leave them, how they feel, how much, like, out of out of all of the earthly things that I can possibly imagine feeling the pain of, I can't even comprehend that one. Yeah. And so the reason that I, I'm going to share kind of a relationship-based hell as well, um, but the reason I, I preface that is saying, like, yeah, I think these are real things. And as Americans, we don't need to downplay them because like these are tough and G- Satan's using them and God's using them as well. So, yeah, um, let's see. Where do I want to start my story at? Let's see how much people need to know. Um, it's always hard to share those things and keep names out. And <laughs> yeah, see, but it's super important to share them because it's, it's a yes, part of I for- agree. formation. I and, agree. And uh, just your story. So. Um, let's rewind. Let's see. This would be like 2016. So we're like four years ago. Right. Um, I, you know, life was, is quite a bit different than it is now and was really trying to set up where I wanted to be in life. And we all know how that goes. God's plans are not your own, but sometimes you think they are. (laughs) But anyway, um, had a, had a great ministry opportunity to come work in Montana, which is our home state for you guys that don't know that yet, but come 406, work, 406 <laughs> come work in the church. And so I was, had the opportunity to be a, a part of a big church. Um, just, just seemed great. And it really was great. And I, I would never downplay that factor of it uh, from the get go is good. Yeah. Long story short, the girl that I was in contact with you know we were courting but not dating kind of talking situation (laughs) also moved to that town right at the same time that's where her family was from and pretty quickly we started actually dating and so it was great and uh, I can't even tell you exactly timelines but probably about a year we dated for probably about a year and talked for about six months before that and I just like Christian you know (laughs) I don't screw around when it comes to finding mates I do it for, for real. And we're not just practicing to see if we want to find somebody else. We're practicing to make it real and, and be married. Yeah. And so fully hundred percent thought, um, hundred percent thought that this was the person I was going to marry. And much like Christian, um, kind of, 
I, you know, didn't have the words, I want to marry a preacher, but had the words, I want to marry you, you know, but that came to an end and, you know, it was, it was not chosen by me. Obviously you can probably tell by the way that I'm, I'm sharing it, but I was told that that relationship was over and that was extremely tough for me, but it just kept on building in every aspect of my life. So, you know, my relationship was over with uh, a leader in the church's daughter. Well, that makes it pretty hard to work in that church. And so it wasn't too long before, you know, the college group that I worked with and stuff kind of didn't want to be around me. Um, and I don't think it was because I was a lunatic or anything. I just think <laughs> it was just rough, right? And so I decided I needed to leave that church, even though I, I really loved the body. And it just, <laughs> I just don't know how to explain it any different than the fact that whether it was God or Satan or whoever deity was, or deity or, or creation was working after me, it was happening. I mean, everything in my opinion, in my, in my perspective was falling apart. Um, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to go back to school. It wasn't something that I desired to do. I didn't want to, I couldn't work in that church. I didn't want to work a boring job <laughs> that was pointless. I actually was decently well off financially wise because I had been planning to pay for a wedding and a ring and such. And so I just kind of sat depressed for months, um, blowing money and, you know, really struggling with the thought of, do I want to be alive anymore? And for those of us who have dealt with that, it's not an easy thing to talk about, but like, it was true. It was real. And, um, really that was my low, right? So that's kind of the turning point in the story. Yeah. The low was like, man, I can't escape this. Um, I, I don't necessarily want to be alive. People, obviously my reputation had been tarnished in some way. And I still to this day don't know what that was. Um, but I just like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And it was in those moments when I told God, you know, show me what to do. I don't have any other options. And sometimes when you're a follower of, of Christ, we, we'd like to play it up as all nice and clean and pretty, purdy, but <laughs> sometimes it's not purdy. Sometimes it's saying, God, everything is a mess. Just show me one place where I can go where it's not a mess. One thing I can do where it's not a mess. And I, I did start to come out of it because of one thing. I, I We were talking about it before we got started, but there was a workout group at church. And it was not the workouts. Don't like workouts still to this day that much. <laughs> but it was sitting there talking um, with fellow Christians after those workouts that gave me my one breath of like, okay, I can make it to the next day because I wasn't quite sure. And what God did with all of that is, you know, he told me about ministry school and I didn't have any reason to not go. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll go if you can provide the tuition and tuition was provided. And so I was like, okay, I'll go. And, you know, I went to school and I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do ministry. I guess I'll be a minister. I, I didn't think I would be, but I'll be a preacher. Sure. Okay. Um, you know, I just kept saying okay to God. And that ultimately brought me to, 
um, the December night when <laughs> some crazy girl asked me out <laughs> and I was sitting there in, in the pickup saying, are you sure, God? Are you sure that I'm ready to do this? Because I sure as heck don't feel ready to do this. Yeah. And it was that that moment where I just said, okay, God. And that's how I met my wife. And it's just been, I mean, I still have struggles some days and I still have times where I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready to say, okay, God, but man, every time I've been, I've been through big loads of hell and I said, okay, God, over and over again, he's brought me to some incredible places and he's brought me, um, a, a job that I love because ministry is a job, but also a purpose, right? Yeah. And oh, a wife, definitely. which is also a purpose. And he's just drawn me out of hell in some incredible ways, even though I was there at the very bottom, yeah. even though I was, I was suicidal, even though I thought I was never going to get married because the one person I loved didn't want to love me back, you know? And so I'm grateful that God has created humans where we can recover and love again. And I'm grateful that he shows us through hell, how he uses us. It just takes time. Sometimes it just takes time. No, and I remember you, I remember you talking about uh, Courtney when you first met her and stuff. And I just remember the conversations we had about it. And I was like, bro, I think it's a sign, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just interesting how God works and how he brought um, her into your life, brought ministry into your life, really. Yeah. And it's just, it's cool to see, you know, <laughs> it's just incredible um, to look at some of that stuff and, and I say it takes time, but, you know, I look back on two years. Two years of my life is not very much time of my life. <laughs> yeah. But yet God changed everything. And it doesn't mean that he took away the struggles. I still struggle with some of that self-doubt. Um, that's probably the greatest thing that I struggle with is that I'm I'm worthy to be loved because I was told I wasn't. But I think the reason God put me through all of that is to bring me to where I am. And then also he gave me an opportunity now to share it and how yeah. he used it and how, man, maybe God's going to use your, your hell for something equally greater or, or even far greater than mine. And so that's exciting. That's yeah. really exciting. So that's our stories. It's not just about our stories today. But I don't know what you were thinking for scripture, Christian, but I have a couple different, I have a character from scripture that had sure. to go through something kind of similar that I would love to share. Yeah. If, uh, if that's cool with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm cruising on you, but. Hey, uh, you're fine. If I, if I think about like both of our stories are kind of like heart wrenching, emotional stories, right? With like love and pain <laughs> in them it's like the title of a bad rom-com no, <laughs> yes it is it is and so then i don't know why but i just always kind of glossed over this this book and then on wednesday nights we've been studying the prophets and we've, we're in hosea or jose however you say it but hosea is how i'm gonna say it and i don't know if you you guys have ever read hosea um it's pretty obscure right it's a minor prophet book it's it's weird. It's to the people of Israel. You know, does it even apply to us today? Well, yeah, but that's not the point. 
But Hosea <laughs> is a lot like this episode of the podcast. It's like it's a little PG thirteen, a little R rated, right? Because in the first two chapters, definitely, we have we see the character of Hosea, and then we see the character of his wife Gomer and their three children. And basically where we come into Hosea is God tells him, he's a prophet of God. He says, go take yourself a wife. And he takes Gomer. And my version says, and Gomer was a wife of whoredom and the children were brought forth in whoredom. And, you know, that's not exactly the most pleasing word that you'd want to be shared about your wife. You know, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think Hosea really appreciated the fact that his wife was known as a whore. But that was who she was. She was a lady of the town, as far as I can read the story as best as I can. But why in the world, in the Bible, does God tell a prophet, some like an old time preacher, to go marry a whore? And it explains it in, in the book of Hosea. What he does is God tells Gomer and Gomer, or God tells Hosea to go and purchase his wife back. And he does that. So Hosea goes into town and finds his wife and says, Gomer, I'm buying you back. You are mine and I am yours. And we will never look at another, basically. And that happens in chapter two. And so if I think about it and I compare it to like today, my goodness, that had to be heart-wrenching, terribly hard for the man Hosea. Because if you read between the lines, it's obvious that he is a man, a soft heart man, a soft hearted man that has like love and appreciation. And he truly does love his wife. But yet she is a prostitute that he has to pay to buy back to be his wife again. And the reason that God uses or like let this happen. And this is the whole story of Hosea starts with him and his prostitute wife is because he uses Hosea to be the mouthpiece, the speaker to the people of Israel and say, Hey, Israel, you are like a prostitute. You were like a whore to God, like my wife was to me. But yet, I bought back my wife, and I'm going to restore our relationship, and that's what God is offering you. But the challenge is, you have to stop being a whore. You have to stop being a prostitute, Israel. And how Hosea says it is, he says, you're prostituting yourself to other gods. Yeah. And so, like, totally crazy r-rated story for the bible <laughs> but pretty incredible because only the first couple chapters up until chapter three when hosea re redeems his wife and brings her back into his family after that it's all about israel it's all god using hosea to share the message so there's 14 chapters let me make sure i say that right yeah i think you're right 14 chapters in the book of hosea and the first three chapters are about the hell. They describe the man and then they describe who he is and the hell he has to go through, which is having a prostitute for a wife. 
So we spend 11 more chapters using that man who had been through hell to try and bring people back to God. So if you want just kind of a a quick use case of how can God use our hell to proclaim, you know, his message. Yeah. I think the book of Hosea is is kind of a cool one. And it's one that we really don't read that book very often. But I think it's, it's totally a cool case. Did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I think that's really good. I, uh, one of the titles in my Bible is the restoration of Israel. And mm-hmm. I really like that phrase. And I think that by God using um, Hosea and Gomer as an example, he's saying, you guys flat out, you guys cheated on God flat yeah. out. You went out. You worship these other idols. You basically did what God told you not to do from the very beginning. Yeah. But the good thing about God is that he is a loving father, and all he wants is his children to come back. Right. He wants you to stop cheating. He wants that restoration of Israel. So just like that little phrase there, and I think that is such a important story that I think sometimes people look at it and I'm like, that's in the Bible? What? Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I talked a little bit about that this morning in my, in my personal podcast. I started a series on God using unlikely people okay, and how God used Rahab in Joshua um, to hide the spies. And I got to thinking about it and I'm like, she had, she had everything to lose in that moment mm-hmm. because she could have, she could have turned them in. The King would have been happy with her. The King probably would have rewarded her for that. The King would have helped her. And if you look at her position, a lot like Gomer's, she was a harlot. She was a, um, a woman for second in a patriarchal society. So here you have these two strikes against her. That's, you know, that's going to mess with her social status. And so <laughs> I started to talk about it a little bit. And I said, look, she had everything to lose by hiding these, sl- these servant or these spies, spies, slaves, yeah. whatever spies, yeah. uh, spies, but she, she didn't care. She did it because she heard about the Lord and she goes on and says, and we know the power of your Lord and all that. And I just mm-hmm. find that fascinating that yeah. God countless times uses things that we don't expect literally uses the hell that we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that we equate to hell for his glory. Um, so yeah. Oh, good, good stuff. It is it just bringing it to our perspective and, modern America, it is really sad that we do think of what God uses and like who Christians are as God uses perfect and good things and Christians only good and perfect. But the truth of the matter really is, is God uses all things and all things is encapsulating all things, guys. That means, you know, the hard times, the good times, the poor times, the rich times, he uses all of them. And, um, it's really a disservice for us to think that he just uses good and perfect things. I do have some scripture to share too. When you, you get a moment. Yeah. Go ahead and share. Are you sure? Yeah. Interrupt to here. Well, I, when I think of, of, of going through a, a figurative hell, when I think of going through things that equate to, um, to hell and to that place, I think of Paul when he's defending his apostleship in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and he goes through everything he went through. I'm going to read a little bit for you in uh, chapter 11, starting verse 24. He says, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes, 40 minus one in some versions. (laughs) Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. 
a night and a day I spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and in hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And then he goes on and he says, apart from these things that I've dealt with that are considered physical, I've had the daily pressure on me, Mm -hmm. uh, the external concern of all the churches. And I think of how much Paul went through. And this is my go-to verse when someone asks me, why does, why do bad things happen to good people? Because, yeah. And, and it's hard to answer that question. And it's hard to, to answer. Why do we go through hell? Why do we go through things that, that, um, we look at as, as, as bad things, as, as hard things. And I look back and everything that Paul went through here, he went through for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Everything that Paul went through here, he went for the kingdom. And, and what's interesting is, is he could have cursed God at any moment. Yeah. Paul could have done anything to curse God, to say, why are you doing this to me? But if you look at his response in verse 30, he says, if I have to boast, I'm going to boast to what pertains to my weakness. Mm -hmm. And I love that response because it's not, you know, I think sometimes we get the idea that Christianity is all sunshine and roses, (laughs) but guess what? It's not. (laughs) And here's a prime example, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So that was in second Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, What verses was all Uh, 24 through 30. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I really love that you brought Paul up um, because where where you re- referenced here in Second Corinthians, right? This is his second letter to the church in Corinth. So yes. it's it's after he has uh, done mission work and and planted churches. But and I love Paul, and I love that he says things like this because we can relate to that. But also it challenges us. Reading through Acts in one of our classes uh, the other day, it baffled me. Because we think of Paul and we're like, oh yeah, Paul's been in prison and he's been shipwrecked and he's really gone through some stuff. But we are reading Acts chapter 14 the other day, and I don't know why I've never realized this. Let me read Acts 14 verse 19, just to build on what Christian said. So they're talking about Paul, verse 19 of Acts chapter 14. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. And having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Verse 20, or that's the end, I guess. Hold on. Let me make sure of that. (laughs) Let me make sure of that. Verse 19 and then verse 20. But when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went with Barnabas to Derbe. So I don't know why I'd always missed those one verse, maybe two verses in, in chapter 14 of Acts. Some of the hardships that Paul went through early in his missionary career, <laughs> he was stoned to death. And the Jews were good at stoning. It was something they were actively, you know, practicing. And they didn't stone just to beat someone up. They stoned to kill people. And they did a good job because in verse 19, it says they supposed that he was dead. So they drug him out of the city and put him on the dead pile. Dead pile, bring your dead. And they put <laughs> they put Paul right there. But yet, he must not have been dead. I mean, we don't see much description, but he got up and he kept doing the work. Yeah. And, and so part of the hardships that Paul went through is like he was stoned to death at one point, but apparently he wasn't dead. 
And I think we kind of put caps on on uh, how hard the hardship can be, but apparently it can yeah. be the hardest thing in life, which is being dead. <laughs> and this story is very interesting to me. The fact that you know Paul is stoned is kind of almost ironic when mm-hmm. you look at it, because you know Paul when he talks about you know after his conversion, he says, you know, I did everything in a clear conscience before. I went out and I persecuted Christians mm-hmm. with a clear conscience. I was at the stoning of Stephen. I was, you know, he was, did all yeah. these things. Held the coat. But he did. And the funny thing about it was, it's not, I mean, it's not funny, but like what it, like the ironic thing about it is that he endured some of the same hardships. I, if you ever get a chance to watch, and this is not a sponsorship, I'm just saying. If uh, you ever get a, a chance to watch the Apostle Paul movie, um, it's so great how they do this. Because in the end of the movie, and it's, and again, this is Hollywood, but he goes up to, um, to heaven and he sees the people that he after he's beheaded he sees the people that he persecuted mm. see Stefan this little girl runs up to him and hugs him you know we don't think about that we don't think about the graphic side of what Paul did a lot yeah but then we look at the change that was made in him that even a murderer even someone of his caliber was able to find peace through the hell that he went through huh yeah yeah, because that's a good point. Even sometimes our our hell is 100% self-inflicted. <laughs> Whether it was um, immaturity in the past or, or sin or whatever it might be. You know, Paul dealt with that for the rest of the time we read of him. I mean, um, he thinks back about how he was, he calls himself the worst of sinners or sinner chief above sinner. all sinner, the chief sinners, right? And and so when I read Paul saying that or writing that, I can't help but think about where his mind is. His mind must be of, man, God, I can't believe that you are able to use me because I am the worst person and I was the worst person. And so think about that because God still uses hells that are even self-inflicted. God still uses time where you were absolutely against him he can use in a dark that place. time yeah in a dark place or i mean as we started the show with suicidal god will use yeah. that he can use that so get through it and ask him to take it you know yeah and that's easier said than done oh, and yeah and the thing the thing i think about especially when it comes to talking about dark times i, I feel like we have done a disservice to people within the church we're not talking about it yeah. We're saying, ah, oh, just trust that God will get you through it. It's like, well, yes, that's important. And yes, I do believe that God gets us through hard times, but we need to talk about it. We <laughs> yeah. need to we need people to be able to come to, people to be able to, to to explain it to. And that's something I'm very passionate about, especially when I look at going into youth ministry. And I've started a, a Tuesday night um Zoom uh-huh. prayer meeting where it's very, very laid back. What can I pray for? What are you struggling with? Because at the end of the day, we all struggle with stuff. Yeah. We all go through dark times. But if we don't ever talk about it and we just give it to God, it's tough. Because sometimes God doesn't have the answer that we want. But, you know, we need to be able to talk to people and, and hear them. Well, I think that that lays right in line with there's a couple different um, pieces of scripture that would support that idea of cast your burdens onto one another, right? That terminology yeah. is right out of scripture, but also confess your sins onto one another. Exactly. Um, and so those go hand in hand with that idea of like, 
We're not in this alone. We, we can trust God, but we're, we're not in this alone. We're not in our hell alone. You've got a whole team with you. Um, Christian, you did. You hit on a little bit of a, a hot topic for me, too. I, I'm very passionate about that. Um, yeah. I, I actually really looked into a ministry that I asked the question of, how do you deal with uh, wintertime depression? Because it's a place with very, that's very long winters, thing. right? Yeah, And that's definitely. a big thing. I know a lot of people that deal with that even in, in Montana and Wyoming and not, you know, the very, very northern parts of the earth. But I asked that and their response was like, well, I just don't see how anyone could ever be depressed when they have the body of Christ, when they have Christ. And I just yeah, that said, bugs me. that bugs me. <laughs> I was just, that bugged me too. And I was like, this is not, that's not the place for me to go because that's true. We should be able to say, how could anyone deal with that? But we should also be able to say, man, we deal with that. And you have the body of Christ to help you deal with that. And so, yeah, God uses your hell, but don't be afraid to dwell in your hell and share it with other people. Don't just take it alone because that's dangerous. We know that's dangerous from not just a spiritual point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I got to, I was looking through, try to find what, where I was going here with the next scripture thought. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's all good. Good. Uh, in second Timothy, um, you know, Paul, Paul's instructing Timothy, giving him, him very, very sound advice, mm-hmm. um, good advice for him to take, to, to learn, to grow with. And I just love the language he uses in, in chapter four, verse seven, where he says, I fought the good fight. Mm-hmm. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And in the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who has loved his appearing. To me, that is a statement of faith like none other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, it's, it's amazing that, and I think it's important that Paul is, you know, Paul's instructing Timothy, and, and I have a ring that says, you know, first Timothy four twelve. don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, mm-hmm. but set an example for believers, you know, in life, love, hope, purity or whatever, uh, memorized it in college anyway. Um, <laughs> but I really love that, that verse that I have fought the good fight because this life is a fight every single day that we are on this earth. It's a fight. And not to say that every day we're fighting, but every day we're struggling through something. Yeah. And it's important to remember that everything that we struggle for, is for that finish line is to yep. say, Hey, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And that's again, easier said than done, but I think it's, I think it's important to remember. Yeah. And I mean, I love that scripture as well because it uses the terminology. You just read it, fought the good fight. And yeah, it's pretty easy. We, we can mind a picture what a fight is and fights are not, you know, easy going and lazy afternoon. They're like, fighting for something you stand for and it's dirty and rough and violent. And that is what our Christian walk is at times. Sometimes it's walking through the fight and fighting our way out, fought the good fight because we had the point that we were fighting for Christ. We were fighting as, as a Christian, but, but fights are dirty and gory and that's how life is sometimes. Um, Scripture that I think, can easily be misinterpreted. And we talked about this a bit ago, but Romans eight twenty eight, it's famous, <laughs> right? It's a great verse too, though, but I, I think we easily take it wrong. Romans eight twenty eight says, 
we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And we read that and we said, well, God will work everything out just beautifully. It'll be just just rosy and sunshiny. Well, it's, <laughs> it's interesting if you were to dig into the, the Greek words and such on this. The word good, so God works together all things for good, is probably more better translated, God works all things together for Christ-likeness, for those who are called mm. according to his purpose. And when we kind of swap out good for being like Christ or Christ-likeness, I think about, wow, not everything was sunshiny and rosy for Christ. Actually, no. on on the end of his ministry, it was not a single thing was sunshiny and rosy. It was all about the torture, the near death, the, the mocking, <laughs> the spitting, the betrayal, the yeah. the bearing the sins of the whole world and the death in the most gruesome way on a cross. But God works together all things for people who are like Christ. And I think... When we think about that, we can say, wow, God is, is working all things, including this trial that I'm going through so I can be more like Christ because that's our purpose. That's our purpose is to be more like Christ. So Romans eight twenty eight is still encouraging. It's just when you really think about it as, as a Christ follower, it means a whole lot. Well, and it, I think, I think where we interpret it and you kind of touched on this, but I think sometimes we like to say, Oh, you know, God will work all things according to his purpose. Well, all things can't be bad. So then they got to be good because, you know, God's making them. But that's not what it says. It says God will work all things. Things is not a set thing, right? No, no. <laughs> things is not a set thing. You can quote me on that. Uh, no, <laughs> things is not a set good or set bad. They're just things. They yeah. happen, just you know, bad. and the thing is God is using both of them. God is using the good and the bad all together for good. Yeah. It doesn't say God's just using the good for good because that would <laughs> no. be kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> it's all things. It's all things. Oh. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I wanted to share this and I hope you have heard kind of what we were talking about today of, of really God can use trials and terrible hardships in our lives to bring out and show us his glory his magnitude and, and him working in our lives. And I hope that you can agree and see that as well, because here's the thing. Everyone, everyone, whether you're a believer in Christ or not, goes through times of hell, goes through times of trial. And it's the perspective of seeing that God will pull us out of those and show us he is God and show us glory through that is the powerful part. Because we are never promised that any of it gets taken away. We're never promised that we don't have to go through the things, but instead that, that God will be there with us and he will show himself after and through those things. And so, I think 2020 is a prime example. <laughs> exactly. 2020 is a prime <laughs> example of that. And, you know, I just wanted to share too, before we wrap up today, that 2020 is not over. And I don't think it's when not. it's over, it's going to be over. Let me tell you that because. Well, 2021 is just a 2020 hangover. Oh, so. <laughs> right. 
but like the the thing is i think we all just like oh covid's over we've all had that thought okay covid's over now and then you know another hit happens uh five or six more people out of our church are, are sick again or um i found out just a couple two weeks ago that a friend of mine passed away from it and then my sister got covid and now an extended family member has covid and i know people that are still losing their jobs yeah and so we understand that the hell may be taking place for some of you guys right now. So I just want to let you know that for myself, and I think I can speak for Christian here too, we're still praying for Definitely. our nation, for people, for everything that's going on this year because, man, it's worth praying for. And it's worth saying, yeah. God, use this because we are going through some crap right now. So please use it. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to chime in, I, I forgot to say this the past couple episodes. We would love to hear from you. Um, we would. We've we got would. our Facebook page up on facebook.com slash livebouldpodcast. We've got our website, liveboldpodcast.com. And if, right. if you're listening on the Anchor app, you can always send a voice message in like you called into the radio show as well. So if you're um, on our Anchor page or you can want to navigate over to there to it, that's an awesome way to send in little bits of feedback and just have a conversation with us. We'd love to hear from you. So then it doesn't just have to be Christian and I talking all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christian, uh, we've got a couple minutes here just to wrap it up. Did you have anything else you wanted to share on this topic? Um, I I know it's a deep one and it's hard to cover it all in one episode, but. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess the thing I want to say to people is that Know that being a Christian isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Know that you're going to go through things that you think are unfair, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it may not feel okay in the moment. It may not feel like it's you know a a fun thing to go through. You know, I, I look yeah. at everything I went through with those three breakups, and that's definitely not how I wanted relationships to go. But you know, God has worked for it for the good, like we talked about working everything to his purpose. And so I just want to encourage you guys and, and I'll be praying for you guys and, and, and just know that, Hey, we're in this together. You know, we're not meant to walk the Christian walk alone. And that's why God has other Christians <laughs> point blank. Yeah. And so, and on that note, that takes cooperation both ways. So like it does, it definitely does. don't be afraid to tell your Christian brothers and sisters, like the truth about the stuff you're going through. And then on the opposite side of that coin, don't shame people for saying the real crap that they're going through. Because we do that in the church sometimes, and I'm about to get Way mad. Way too much. I'm about to get mad at that. But on the opposite side of that, say, embrace it. Use it. Don't, don't have awkward moments. There's people that I have awkward moments with because I went through hard times around them, and they just didn't know what to say. It's okay to not know what to say, but be in the wallow in the mud with the people because they be need present. your help getting out of it. Yeah. Don't just stand on the sidelines and say, man, that looks dirty. Get in there and help them out. And Christianity so, is a dirty profession. It's hard to say that. And that sounds really funny when I say it that way. Mm-hmm. But what I mean by that is we can't reach people unless we're willing to get in the mud with people. You look at Jesus's ministry and the people that he talked to. The tax collectors, the sinners, the outcasts, the, the mm-hmm. rejects. He went and talked to a, a Samaritan woman at the well. Things that people thought, what are you doing? Yeah. You're crazy, right? Yeah. 
But guess what? Christianity is radical and yep. Christianity is growing. I see it growing and I see God's kingdom just spreading and just continue to show that love. And, and being a true Christian, Christian hit it. Christian hit being true Christian <laughs> on the head. Well, with, thanks. No, just... I don't know where we ever got the idea that it it's clean and <laughs> preppy, but instead it's the opposite. It's yeah. It's being in the midst of junk with people to bring them to Christ. So it's yeah. It's having a different perspective on the junk that we go through. Yeah, it is. It is because because ultimately that's what this whole episode's about is everyone goes through hell, but when you have Christ on your side, God will use it and God will bring you up out of it. And he elects people to help you do that. But that's where the hope lies because everyone has things they go through. But the hope lies in how God can use it after he pulls you out, because that's incredible. All right, guys. Well, I think that's pretty much what we had to say for this episode of the Live Bold podcast. Again, chime in on our various social platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Um, As we conclude, I want to give a shout out to our episode sponsor, um, Ragamuffin Co., if you want to head on over to their website, regamuffinco.com, use the promo code LIVEBOLD20 and you get 20% off your entire order. They've got fantastic Christian and outdoor related gear, t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, all of that stuff. And I also want to give a shout out to one of our monthly supporters, Sandy Wilder, who's supporting us at five bucks a month to listen to this podcast. So That's awesome. Thank you so much. That is totally awesome appreciate you listening yeah we do we both do so i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast tune in next time where we are gonna sit across the mics and talk about life again as always but until then serve god love people tell your story and live bold see you next week i'm harold i'm christian and this is the live bold podcast The Live Bold Podcast is a production of 323 Media.